This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 141, Take Ownership of Your Life, with Richie Norton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and co-host, Becky Proudfit. Well, hello. Hi there. How you doing? Well, I'm great. And I was thinking it's been a minute since we've welcomed so many new listeners. There's new listeners every single week. And that is thrilling and also humbling and a little scary and also great. <laughs> we are so glad for everyone who joins. And you're right, we have new yes. listeners every single week. And, you know, Becky and I feel like you're all our friends. So we forget that. We have a lot of new faces around here all the time. Mm-hmm. So welcome to Cultivate a Good Life. Yes. When people hear about our podcast, they'll say, well, wait, is it about business? Is it self-help? Is it life? Is it parenting? Is it marriage? And I'm always like, yes, and yeah. yes, and yes, and yes. <laughs> all the things. Right? Because here we really focus on those kind of overarching principles that determine success in all those areas, yes. right? There are mm-hmm. some there are some foundational things that we can build upon and we really like to focus on the foundation of how to be successful and happy and aligned and peaceful and take inspired action. Mm-hmm. And it's all of it. So well, and welcome. The, the thing, yes, welcome seriously to, to each and every one of you. One of the things I love so much about the kind of the broad umbrella, the big umbrella take that we have is that throughout my entire life, especially as an adult and a working adult, my whole adulthood, um, and having a career, I've all, I've often felt like people almost expected me to be in certain buckets or mm, boxes. Like that, niche you down. Yeah, like yeah. I'm supposed to be this or I'm supposed to be that. And I know you and I both feel like there, we, we need to like remove the labels. We need to remove the boxes. We need to just understand that we are us. We are who we are in right. all the ways. And we don't have a business version of ourselves and a family version of ourselves and a neighbor version of ourselves. We are, in essence, at the core, whatever, fill in the blank, what, whoever we are in all those areas of life. Mm. And so it's been such a fun thing, such a great journey for us to be able to cover such a wide variety of topics. Every week is something new. Yeah. You, never, you never know what you're going to get here. And that's why it's awesome. <laughs> well, and a lot of our listeners tell us it's quite, quite the contrary. They do know what to expect. So even though they may not know topic by topic what's going to happen next, they do know that they're going to feel something that's personal for them. They know that they're going to feel loved and supported. They're going to feel buoyed up. They're going to be encouraged. And that is what we hope is that by the end of every episode, and certainly while you're listening, that you feel those things that are super individual just for you, whether it's something that comes out of our mouths or a feeling that comes from not us, you know, it's about all about inspiration. And then hopefully we give you the roadmap to take that inspiration and do something with it mm -hmm. so that you can have a life full of inspired action Mm -hmm. because that kind of life is the life where you feel fulfilled and aligned and peaceful and happy. That's right. And that's what we want for ourselves and for each one of you. So welcome. And every effort you make is worth it. Well, let's tell you a little bit about Richie North. Can you even believe we have Richie on the show? I love Richie. He's so great. So much. He's fantastic. We have loved and appreciated Richie as a person and in his work. And let me tell you a little bit about him. He is the award-winning, best-selling author of the book, The Power of Starting Something Stupid, which is one of my favorite book titles of all time. It's so good. Um, As well as Resumes Are Dead and What to Do About It. In 2019, Richie was named one of the world's top 100 business coaches by Dr. Marshall Goldsmith. He is an international speaker, including TEDx and Google Startup Grind, and he's a serial entrepreneur. That is for dang sure. Yeah, yes. Always, always <laughs> starting businesses. It's so cool. Millions of entrepreneurial-minded people study Norton's work. In addition to books and business coaching, he has online courses, masterminds, podcasts, articles, keynotes, interviews, mentoring, and university lectures. Executives and celebrities alike seek out Richie to create new value-based products and experiences for their audiences. Richie received his MBA from the world's number one ranked international business school, Thunderbird School of Global Management, and he is happily married to the one and only Natalie Norton, who we love, love who's also so been much. on the show. We love her. She's a dear friend. And together they have four boys and they live on the North Shore of Oahu, Hawaii. Or as I like to call it, 
the best place on earth. Yes. The the home that you may be able to call home someday. Yes. <laughs> so Correct. that's a little bit about Richie. We wanted to give you just kind of a, a quick summary of who you're about to listen to, just in case you don't know already who he is. Um, but before we get there, let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. Have you ever felt just a little off? Like maybe there's something more and you can't quite put your finger on what that is or how to get there. Maybe you question what your purpose is and feel like you've lost yourself. Believe me, I have been there and getting clarity on these foundational principles about myself changed my life. It helped me to take years of unanswered inspiration and turn it into inspired action. Clarity coaching is all about digging to the core of who you are, what drives you, what makes you feel fulfilled, and what your unique gifts are. It's about becoming one with yourself again, becoming emotionally self-reliant, and free to cultivate a purpose-driven life. My role as your coach is to help you uncover what is already inside of you and give you the tools to live your life wide open. You'll be able to cultivate better and more meaningful relationships, process emotion and past wounds that keep you stuck, seek out and create opportunity, and most of all, take inspired action. If we don't get clarity on who we are and what we want, we don't have a sure foundation. We can build on top of it, but there will be cracks, unsteadiness, unrest. With a rock-solid understanding of ourselves, we build things on top of our foundation that bring us peace, connection, and deep and lasting happiness. I can't speak highly enough of Becky as a coach. She will help you create a roadmap for more joy, more connection, and more inspiration in your life and your business. To apply for coaching, head to beckyproudfit.com and click on Clarity Coaching. The original name to this episode was, we're winging it. <laughs> so Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. That's and the honestly, one. that's not the actual official name of the podcast, as you've heard, but it is the theme. True or false, Richie? Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, <Hello. laughs> What up? Hey, Richie. Yeah, it's Norton. true. We're just making it all up as we go. It's all We're going to make it up. We knew that coming in. Oh, man, you guys, if you don't yet know Richie, I would like to say you're welcome that we get to introduce you to him. What an honor to have you. You know what? I'm super grateful to be here. You this guys are amazing. High glad, energy. Glad it worked out. We're huh? going to make magic. It's going to be cool. Yes. Well, the only thing that would have been more magical is if we were recording in your hometown, Next which time. is where? <laughs> oh, I live in Hawaii. Yeah. So there's that. I will be there tomorrow. Yes. Richie will, will not. At the time of recording. At the time of recording, I will be there. Yep. Yes. Knocking on his door and he won't be there. I know. <laughs> well, we're grateful that the stars align for sure, that we get to record with you, Richie. And we are winging it because as, I mean, if you, if you guys do know Richie, you know that there are probably 743 things that we could talk about mm-hmm. at great length. It's a good number. <laughs> Thank you. Very specific. Pulled that right out of my hat. <laughs> Richie is a blast. He's a party. You'll get to know that straight away. But he's also one of the most intelligent and mm. richly packed full of knowledge and experience and heart in the work that you do, in the life that you live, in the family that you have. Like, you are so full of heart. And so we're, that's why we're, we're going to wing oh, it, because we, we can go in all the places. Well, and another thing about Richie is he has the courage to say the thing. He spends a lot of time, I feel like, articulating his thoughts, like really mm-hmm. thinking and observing and articulating. And because of that, he is like a wordsmith that really causes you to think about your life mm-hmm. and what you're doing and where you want to go and how to get there. Totally. Which is exactly what we'll talk about in all the ways. And on that note, back before Richie, let's have you introduce yourself in just a second, tell people what you're doing, what your work is. But one of the things that I love that you will say once in a while on your podcast is you can't Google this. Like <laughs> I know you're yeah. interested in what I'm talking about here, but you're not going to go, you're not yeah. going to Google it. Cause it's just, it's according to me. It's yeah. like, I'm making, right. I'm pulling this out of my yeah. hat. I'm making yeah. this up. And it's all so good. I mean, I have to pause this podcast a lot and just think and go, Mm -hmm. did I absorb that enough? Why don't you tell us about your podcast, your work, your book? Like, tell us about all the things. You guys, you're making me feel too good right now. (laughs) Whatever. My my mom's going to be so happy when she listens. (laughs) Well, that's what we're aiming for. Mom's happiness. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, honestly, my my life revolves around trying to create more time. Um, And I mean that not just for me and my family, but for others. So all the like businesses I've started and 
books I, I write. I do a million different things. I can talk detail. Mm-hmm. But people go, how do you do so many things? And I think, I, I don't. It's one thing. It's about time. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think there's a new, a new thought I had actually just recently. I call it like a hierarchy of time. Like H-O-T. Hot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people have a hierarchy of values, which you can kind of pick apart. But usually their highest priority they spend their least amount of time on. What? And that bothers me a right. lot. And we, again, we can go into the details of like the stories, but I mean, as, as you know, or anyone who follows me, like my brother-in-law passed away at 21. My fourth son passed away, you know, as a baby. Uh, my wife had a stroke and lost her memory and it came back and she's, she's healthy now, but it was a really scary thing. You know, we had foster kids that came and went, which is a heartache you can't imagine. It's a different heartache because when someone passes, there's a finality. When someone's gone from your life and they may never be there again, sadly, you worry because you know they're still out there and what's happening. Mm-hmm. And you know, my son got hit by a car and should have died. And so all these experiences happen, and I say them in a string. Like this happened, you know, over mm-hmm. you know a few years. But at some point, you start thinking, like, what are we doing? You know, and, and like, does does God hate me? Like, 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 what's going on? And at some point, you realize, no. At least my realization was, I'm going to love God unconditionally. Doesn't matter what's happened. God didn't do this to me specifically on purpose. On purpose, like it's just happening. But that relieves like the blame game, yeah, and puts the power back in your own house to say like, "Good faith is good," and I'm going to do things with my hands. We're going to make stuff happen. So when I I say that because I think differently because I know personally what is most important to me, which is time, people, helping others become successful. And not creating systems that take away from those things, but actually support them and bring them together. Mm, we need you. <laughs> this world needs Richie yes. big time. And, mm. and you know, I thank you for sharing that. Um, mm. Becky and I both have benefited from what you've shared, the things that you've done, the work that you've done. Your podcast is just one of those things. Will you share with people before we dive into more conversation about, um, about your work in terms of your books and your sure. podcast and just where they... It's just so they have some context of you as yeah. an expert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, uh, you know, I, I started thinking like early on, like I lived in Brazil for a couple of years doing, you know, service as a missionary. And I saw a lot of people in where I was at in the area. I was in a lot of people in poverty and they were amazing, smart, talented, but didn't have the, the resources necessarily or the mm-hmm. networks necessarily to work their way out. And I thought, man, I would love to come back here when I'm, rich and famous and retired when I'm 65 years old and do something about this. And then the next thought was like, that's like a horrible thing to wait that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, like if you're like in your 20s and you're waiting until your 60s, that's 40 years. So that's the generation now, then their kids and their kids. That's three generations of people that you wouldn't be able to impact by waiting till you're retired mm-hmm. to do what you want to do. Good perspective. So then I thought, how can I do what I want in retirement right now? And then I thought, but now at this point now I'm, I'm married and I have kids and I'm like, mm-hmm. how, how do I feed my family? So that became the question. How can I do what I want to do in retirement, which is help others um, right now, but also feed my family? And so I learned about social entrepreneurship and how to do things that help other people, but also have a good cause. I, I think the idea around it is something like solve social ills with business skills. That mm-hmm. I didn't invent that. There's something I've heard out there in the mm-hmm. world. But when I started doing that, one thing led to another. So I started a cashmere company in Mongolia, not because I knew anything about cashmere, <laughs> um, but because it was a way to help a family that I knew there become employers, not just employees. Mm-hmm. Not there's anything wrong with that, but, right. there, but in a place where there are no jobs and there's no McDonald's, what do you do? And so I was looking at a way to help develop leaders and communities. So this is the way my mind thinks. I know it's bizarre, but this is what it is. Oh, else. I love it. But it's called processional effects, because the things I'm doing now, people are like, well, that's crazy, but... One thing leads to another, like a procession, like a parade. Mm-hmm. And you can't always see the end from the beginning, but you know, if you know what you want to do in the end, ultimately, why couldn't you do it at the beginning? Mm. It's a totally different way of thinking because we grew up learning about goal setting as takes 10 steps and the 11th step you get it. Mm-hmm. But how often does that happen? Very rarely. And things change all the time. So I'm saying if step 11 is the actual goal, make it number one. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Dude. So I... <laughs> like... Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Right. And, and, we're, and, and anyone listening is like, yes, that's how I want to think. But then what the crap do I do to even like make mm-hmm. step 11 be the first step? Well, we can talk right? about that. But it, 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 the answer is 
other people. You got to find mentors that are already there that can help you. And, you know, and, and there's a million ways to do that. Sure. But at the end of the day, like there are ways to overcome the time, education, experience, money gap. There's like a, mm-hmm. there's so many ways, but no one thinks they can. Well, it's interesting. You think about like some of the biggest industries, some of those people that are like those, I don't know, like the, the pinnacle of success. So like the commonality amongst a lot of it is like literally came from nowhere, right? Like came from obscurity, had a crazy idea, pushed through, did all these things and then look what happens because yeah. of it, right? Yeah. Like I think about Steve Jobs who like reinvented the world essentially, <laughs> literally yeah. had like no computer knowledge yeah. at all, Yeah. right? Is that is that kind of what you're talking about? Well, yeah, he, uh, Steve needed Waz. Mm-hmm. Was needed Steve. Mm. Right. Right. We all need each other. Mm-hmm. I actually was interviewing a guy named uh, Marshall Goldsmith. He's the number one executive coach in the world, legitimately. He invented the coaching industry before there was a coaching industry. This is a mm-hmm. real thing. And he said, you know, he says, Richard, you work with entrepreneurs, right? And I go, yeah. He goes, the challenge with entrepreneurs is that they're achievers. Mm. And he said, you're achievers because growing up in school, they always said, how smart are you? Take a test. Take a test. How smart are you? How smart are you? How smart are you? He says, as achievers, we end up feeling like we have to do everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. He says, you have to be a leader because <laughs> yeah. leaders basically organize achievers. Mm-hmm. It takes, you have, to, you have to let go of your ego to be a, a good leader. Yeah. Truth. But so like, as far as I'll, I'll speed it up on like the highlights of what I'm doing, I started several um, social entrepreneurial businesses with the help of others in the Asia Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, started a center for entrepreneurship. Um, got into co- coaching and consulting as people asked me, "What what are you doing?" So then I was like, "Oh, I guess I should teach people what I'm doing, right?" Mm-hmm. Then I got into writing a book about it, the power of starting something stupid. I also wrote one called Resumes. I didn't what to do about it. My philosophy is it's way easier to help others by asking them what they want and giving it to them. Hmm. And as an entrepreneur, you don't have to really sell anything if people are telling you what they want and you're giving it to them. They just want it. Mm-hmm. So so that with that philosophy, after the book, people started asking for help. So that got me deeper into the coaching, consulting, online courses. And then, you know, people wanted to make physical products, which is really hard, as really you hard. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I started to so have a background in it. I started a physical products business called Product, products you're proud of. So we'll do like, yeah, there's 100 steps to do things, and the last one is to brand it and sell it. We'll do 99 of those steps. Mm. Make it, package it, ship it, warehouse it, fulfill it, all the things. And uh, I have an editing company for, for YouTubers who want to get their time back. Mm-hmm. And we're editing hundreds of videos a month. So there's a bunch of stuff I do, but at the end of the day, like I said, none of it actually matters what I do because I'm trying not to be the achiever of them. I'm trying to create the result of like the system that people need, which is freedom of time. Ooh. Ooh. There you go. That, there, there's there. there I go. love that. <laughs> Richie in a nutshell. <laughs> isn't that true though? I think so often we get, there's like this achievement cycle, right? And I think you're absolutely right. I think the way that the system of teaching is in the United States, we're in a, we're a very achievement driven society, right? Mm. And as like a recovering overachiever, mm. very, Newly recovered overing achiever, which still recovering, still recovering. Let's I think, just go there. I think yeah. if we're being honest with any addiction, you're in recovery for the rest of your life. Like yeah. I know that's True. my mentality of like, okay, I achieve and then I'm good. I achieve and then it was the right thing. Mm. I achieve, right? Breaking out of that is like the work of my lifetime. However, I think that we get stuck in that achievement cycle because we can achieve all day long. Mm. I truly believe, I genuinely truly believe that most people can do anything that they want to do. The problem is, is you do that thing and then you realize, well, I don't feel any different. Mm. And it's like, you know, when we were interviewing Susan Peterson, she brought up the example of like, you're climbing a mountain and you get to the peak and you think you're at the top and then you turn and there's more, right? It's like living Mm -hmm. in this way of that moving finish line where everything is just out of reach. Mm -hmm. So how do you get people focused on what it is that they actually want? Mm. That's a great question. In fact, I mean, yesterday somebody messaged me and said, yeah, you know, I want to start my stupid idea. You know, I say stupid is the new smart, but she said, but I have like 2,000 ideas. Yeah. And I said, well, that's 2,000 times better than one. Right, <laughs> totally. <laughs> but there's, there's a couple ways, quick ways, I think, to help people prioritize. And, and I'll say it this way. This is a problem. People talk about time management, but time management was invented 200 years ago 
to not give you free time. It was literally meant to squeeze every ounce of blood, mm. sweat, and tears out of you mm. to produce more product faster. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, so, and behind that would be like the perception that when you do that, like it feeds into that achievement mentality. When you squeeze every ounce of everything, when you achieve the product, that then you're going to feel yeah. like the master of the universe. Yeah, yeah. And, and so then one of the evidences of that is when people move to time management to have more time and they end up being more busy and never achieving the goals they really have, you're like, duh, mm-hmm. there's no alignment. Right. Yeah. And so I say, don't time management is, it's not a myth. It's a real thing that people are doing, but it's a, it's a falsehood to think that it's going to give you more time because it's never designed for that. So I like to talk about attention prioritization. So when we say like, which one do I do? Well, then I say, well, which one am I going to prioritize with my attention? Because like kind of where, where your head goes, your body goes. Right? So where your attention goes, like, stuff flows. Oh, I made that up just now. I made that up. That was so good. Okay. He <laughs> <laughs> loves when you just so, make so, things up right there on the spot. Right, right. So I'll ask people questions, like the Jeff Bezos question, like, um, will I regret it when I'm 80? Mm-hmm. If there's something you'd want to do that you would regret, now you know what to do. And then he will say, yeah, but this. And I still have tons of those. So ultimately, it comes down to timing. Are you doing this thing for money? If so, when do you need the money by? Like, if you're trying to pay your mortgage 15 days from now, that's going to be a very different order. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but if it can take a while because it's a big picture dream, right, you can still put it first in your attention when you need to, but the hustle looks differently. Mm. Yeah. And so the challenge people have is most of their goals and dreams land way out there where it's not, as Covey would say, it's not urgent. And it's, but it is important, but because it's not urgent, nothing is done about it. So in the fires we put out every day are urgent, whether they're important or not. Mm-hmm. So we end up in this loop of just almost like this time loop of repeating over and over and over and over and over again, of just putting out fires that are of things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. So when, the next question people is, well, then, now that I've identified what I want to do on the short term or long term. How do I remove things so I can get to the spot? And it's very simple. Eliminate, delegate, and outsource. Get rid of the stuff you don't really need to do, even though you think you need to do it. Delegate out the stuff that shouldn't be on your plate anyways. And I don't mean pay someone. Just switch it up you know, where it would be more appropriate. And then outsource, I do mean pay someone where you can right. to help you. If you do that and you end up only doing what you like and want to do, you'll find yourself only doing what you like and want to do. And all of a sudden, this like life balance sheet, so to speak, becomes imbalanced in the right direction mm. where you want to be. Mm. That's awesome. I really appreciate that because there's such an emphasis in our society sometimes about balance, work-life balance, and you are touching on an imbalance that leads to yeah. what you actually want. Yeah, you know, it's funny because... It would I, be a cultural imbalance almost. Like, it really is the most, the highest form of balance, but yeah. it's a cultural imbalance because mm. we're taught to think that balance is... A very different thing like it's a delineation of time yeah for ourselves versus others versus yeah. industry versus whatever yeah we use the word balance because balance is sounds like the best thing you can have right so that i i get it when people say it and it becomes nuanced but as i talk to successful people they like for the last 20 years honestly i asked them about their work-life balance i was really concerned about not having time with my family in order to be successful right and i and they I'm not joking. All of them told me they had no time for their family. Mm. I mean, we're talking about people retired who sacrificed their entire family. Mm-hmm. It, look, the internet may not have been as much of a thing back then when they started as well. I get it. It's different now. But they knew what they did. They did it on purpose, and they felt bad about it. But it is what it is. Hmm. And I was like, that just seems weird, man. Why can't we change it up? Why can't we focus on what the next 200 years of time, quote-unquote, management mm-hmm might look like you know this this time flexibility is what i want to call it but what i realized is if you think about balance as like a real thing something that is is balanced doesn't move Hmm. literally right doesn't if it's balanced it doesn't move movement only happens with imbalance so if you're if you're okay being stagnant for life or temporarily Mm mm-hmm then find balance. But what, what would balance look like? It would look like eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work, eight hours of play, or break that up any way you want. Mm-hmm. No one is going to have an exact, exact balance. 
And I don't think people actually want balance. What they want is the flexibility to do what they want, when they want, where they want. Mm -hmm. So that's why, again, I focus on the result of what they think they call balance, which is the ability to have freedom. Balance in and of itself is anti-freedom. You're stuck. Mm. You're beholden to like the system you've created. Yeah. I think the interesting thing, um, and you you all may remember, we interviewed our friend Natalie, Richie's beautiful wife She's earlier, amazing. And she uh, shared just their their story, the story of their family. So if you are wanting to revisit that, um, please do because it's amazing. But you, and you we'll guys, link it in the show notes, absolutely. of course. You guys have not been any stranger to tragedy you you Mm. mentioned a few of these things Mm -hmm. the interesting thing about that is i feel like when we're in those times of of trauma which looks different for all of us and to be honest like 2020 was kind of a universally traumatic experience i think for the world um it starts to become very clear like what actually what actually you want to do like sometimes those really yucky hard unfair unjust times in life give us a really clear picture of what it is we actually do want, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and going through things like that, like cancer or illness or death, like you get to see like in a very real and tangible place, it takes it from abstract thinking to like reality in your life of, okay, well, if my life ends in a year, like what would fall off? What would fall off my plate? What would I let die? And the great thing is, is we don't need tragedy to tell us that, right? We can, we can know. And, and it gives you a really clear picture of what actually we can let go of what we should let go of. I, I, I totally agree. You know, when uh, the, the whole 2020 happened and I could tell it was going to be really bad. You saw some of my posts, I'm mm-hmm. sure, oh, yeah. just like letting people know. Because with my work in Asia, I was like, this is... You were calling it. This is You were coming. calling it before most of us I was saying stuff knew. before yep. the country was saying stuff. Yep. And I'm like, why is no one talking about this? Right. You know, like, regardless of whether how you feel about the virus itself, like, the aftermath of how it will be managed is something we need to be aware of. Like, mm-hmm. all these things are happening. Totally. Mm-hmm. But what I did, and you can even see it in my videos, at the beginning of the year, I said, but I'm going to come out. I, I said to everyone, too, like, you can come out of this happier and healthier and wealthier or sicker and weaker, mm-hmm. and it's a choice. And people go, how is that a choice? And I was like, mm-hmm. how is it not a choice? Right. Because we're we're we always have circumstances pushing on us. You're either going to be overcome by circumstance or you're going to overcome the circumstance. That's right. Right? But I learned this over time with all these different tragedies. Like when baby Gavin was passing, Natalie and I, he's like on this bed dying in the hospital. I'm on one side. She's on the other side. We're holding hands. We're just praying, asking for help, whatever we can do. And we, when we realized he wasn't going to make it, we, uh, we told each other, we know this could tear us apart. This could ruin us, ruin our marriage, ruin everything, ruin our lives, as it has so many people mm-hmm. around the world. Like it's, it would actually make sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, we said, but we're gonna let, we're gonna live better for him and because of him. We're gonna get like stronger in our marriage. You know what I mean? Because of him and for him. That doesn't mean that when it happened, and over time, all the terrible things, the aftermath of it, emotions of it, you know the things we talked about, all that stuff still happened. But with that vision, oh, we're going to get through this because we're going to become better because of it. Mm -hmm. That helped us work through it, right? So that turning a tragedy into triumph a lot of times has to do with how you consciously think about it. People try to look for meaning in things where there is no meaning. It's just life. Stuff just happens. So the important thing, in my opinion, is assign meaning to it. Yeah. Totally. And when you assign positive meaning, then you can positively influence your life uh, in that direction. That's what you're saying is the choice. Am mm-hmm. I understanding you right? Yeah. Assigning the meaning is the choice. The circumstance is usually not That's right. based in choice, right? But That's right. to assign the meaning That's is right. totally up to us. Yes. One of the things that you have said um, in one of your podcast episodes is think it before you do it. And I believe picturing that devastating situation between you and Natalie, an incredibly sacred time, you you were thinking about that. You were thinking about yeah, the did. long term. And that's why yeah. you decided yeah. that's how it was going to be. You yeah. made that choice. You yeah. assigned meaning yeah. to Gavin's yeah. short life. Yeah. Do you know what's cool about podcasts and, and, like, and sharing things is like maybe I'll go back and self-reflect on things. And then when I share it, I learn things. But it's also cool to have like you guys 
going, oh, but, and then you, and this, and you learned this lesson, this is what happened, and then like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. I said that. Yeah, it's, well, it, it's, it's, it's the magic of articulation. You don't think about it. It reaffirms you know? well, it. It's I'll really t- cool. I'll tell yeah. you something else that, you know, speaking of 2020, uh, you know, because, because Richie, I've known you for years, and especially on your social more recently, and with the pandemic, and you were calling things before people were talking about it. And I watched this unfold, and one of the things that was so validating to me as an entrepreneur is, and this doesn't just apply to entrepreneurship, but you'll, you'll see what I mean with the principle, is I was, I was taking action and doing things in my business while also having a hard time. Yeah. Like everybody was having a hard, hard time personally with the pandemic, with other things, but I felt so inspired with action I was taking toward you know, things That's I was true. doing in my business. And there was nobody else screaming it louder from the rooftops than you that mm. said, do it guys. This isn't the time to retreat. Yes. This isn't the right. time to set mm. back and to give up and to go, well, crap, yeah. the world's going to pot. So, so am I, yeah. you were saying the opposite, your message, you were saying, look, that's what everybody else is going to yeah. do. So stand up, stand out. It yeah. is an opportunity huge. every day. It's huge. And that was empowering because I was, I was doing that, but to have the one person validate <laughs> that I wasn't crazy. Yeah. It reminds me of the title of your book. Yeah. It's the power yeah. of doing something stupid. Yeah. Right. Is that so stupid? It's well, stupid. great. I'm in. I know. But look what's come from it. Like I, I know. know, I know. In our business, one thing that has been a huge blessing is like we never would have said we're a business that people can work from home. We never mm. would have said that. The nature of the industry, right? The the business you're speaking of is the one that with your husband, the one yeah. my husband owns. And I never would have said like that could be a possibility. Yet here we were, and in the first few days, wow, made that happen. And now forevermore it's changed, yeah. yep. which is blessing employees' lives because their kid is sick from school. Absolutely work from home, right? Yeah. And, and if you think about it that way, the opportunity we were provided in 2020, I feel like people kind of view that year in one of two ways. People either are like, that was the worst year ever because I was asked to sit still and it wrecked me, which is a thing unto itself, or... Like we figured out that all these things were possible. We never thought were possible and we'll never be the same again. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And it, it really did. I mean, we were able to release courses. The digital marketplace is just like mm-hmm. exploded times a billion. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so cool what we learn in those times. If, if we can break outside of the boxes and if we can trust ourselves enough to move forward, not knowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so true. And the next question people have usually is then, but what if I fail? And this is what stops them from starting. And, but if you organize your life around your highest priorities, then you actually never fail. Projects fail. Businesses fail. People fail you. Th- terrible thing. I couldn't control my son, you know, living or dying. Like, things happen. But because you put your life, literally, your life and the way you work and the way you do things at the center, no failure actually becomes a failure. You're immediately successful. Mm. Always. Because at the end of the rainbow, if you're doing what you really wanted to do, you are successful. Anyways, so it's really important for people to understand that whatever project or idea or post or whatever it is they're trying to do, if it doesn't work out the way they, they don't want to, instead of thinking of it as a goal, and maybe even you know, failures or stepping stones, like that's all fine. But if you live in a castle and you put moats around it, a strategic moat and an economic moat, you're still always in the castle. The things that happen economically and strategically will come and go, just like water. But you're always there at the center. So if you align your life with your values and the time you spend on your highest priorities, you can't fail. Mm. And then every experience that might be seen as a failure, you're able to frame yes. more intentionally. You're That's able right. to assign meaning to it to say, well, that actually was a growth opportunity. Yes. Or a lesson learned yes. or whatever you assign yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then like, you know, when, when people go through grief, as I have and, and you have and we all have or in, in our own ways, it's okay to feel bad when you're feeling bad. Mm-hmm. We punish ourselves for feeling bad. Mm-hmm. It's okay to lay in bed for months or years at a time if you want to. Who cares? Do what you want to do. Like it's going to happen. Um, it's it's okay to like feel happy when bad things are happening because we punish ourselves. Like oh my gosh, how can I feel good when this terrible thing just happened? So people say, well, what do you do? And I say, well, it's a tunnel, not a cave. Like you're going to get through one way, one way or another at, over time. So be where you are right now. Do that thing. That's okay. I appreciate that because just last week I had a day where I had half of a day, half of a day, an afternoon that I couldn't get out of bed. 
Yeah. I was going through something so hard. That's highly unusual for me yeah. emotionally. And Becky said to me, I don't know, the next day, she said, what did you say? You, you text me. You're like, me read it yeah, read the text to me. <laughs> it's really profound. It was so important to, for, for her to tell me that. Um, I don't think she knew what it was going to mean to me. She'll pull it up here. Okay. Okay. I said, I wanted to say that I think it's incredibly courageous for you to sit in this place and just feel it all. I think the easier thing to do would be for you to throw yourself into work or distract yourself, but you've been almost breathtakingly present in all of it. And then I cried <laughs> and then I double tapped and hearted the comment. <laughs> now, the reason I bring that up with regards to what you're saying, Richie, is I, I really do want our listeners to connect more with feeling where they are because those seasons do change and there are going to be bad days, bad weeks, bad months, bad years, yeah. bad seasons. Totally. And if we are, like you were saying, Becky, if we're pushing through those and almost like ignoring what we really need to sit in and instead we're masking it and trying to circumnavigate it and just work around and well and it doesn't serve us right and so I love that even though you are so used to to especially coaching and talking to and speaking to Mm. um, clients who are like go-getters right they're they're entrepreneurs they're starting businesses and they're running the world and all that you also have a place of appreciation and respect and honor for those spaces that we need to be able to just be completely like present and whatever's going on that isn't necessarily a list of tasks yeah yeah so we were talking about the idea of like future pacing where you Mm -hmm. think where you're in the future right Mm -hmm. what you're going to do and how Mm -hmm. to make it happen Mm -hmm. but then also that you know more clever concept maybe of future spacing right creating a space you know what i mean where you might be able to live and grow into like you were talking about your mind is like a calculator so if you say i can't do this your mind says, you're right. Mm-hmm. But if you tell yourself, I can do this, your mind may say, well, what about, how do you do all these things? But it still ultimately says, you can, until you decide you can't. The problem is most people, as soon as they hit the part where this is hard, they then say, I can't. So instead of thinking like one plus one equals two, I think it's important to have questions that are more algebraic. How can I do this thing? without that terrible thing happening right now. So if you ask better questions, you get better answers. And this creates a future space and also a present time space in your mind to start thinking about that thing, even unconsciously while you're running or, or getting ready for the day. And you know, we, we think we have these aha moments, but in reality, it's just this thought's been percolating for a while. But if you shut off the space or close the space or or the idea that there is a possible answer, your mind doesn't spend the time to think through a possible answer. Mm. And we're way smarter than we know. And so people who are super creative and create creative solutions that are quote unquote outside the box, it's generally because they didn't necessarily know the answer immediately, but they left a space open for an answer to come. Mm. I love that. If I were to really simplify that, are you saying that we need to have those affirmative, positive thoughts in our mind at all times to be sure that we are planting the positive seeds of, I can do this? Well, Is that well, part well, of what well, you... Well, definitely. You know, and you can do positive affirmations. But I'm really saying, like, even if you don't know how and even if you don't think you can know how, mm-hmm. just ask yourself, like, what if? Mm-hmm. Play the what if game. We love the what if game. I yeah. think it's interesting because... Well, I'm professionally in the middle of something that is like the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. And in fact, last night I was talking to my husband as I was finishing up for the night and I was like, I am so, I hate this. Like, I hate this. It is so hard and I don't even know like if I can do it. And he shut me right down. I think sometimes we get in, and maybe this is a culture thing, but we get in if it, if it's meant to be, like if it's meant to be it will happen if it's meant to be. But then there's also this underlying thought that maybe if it's meant to be, it won't be this hard. It mm. shouldn't be this hard. What if we could kind of just flip our flip our thinking to say the heart is evidence of the growth. We know that. That's. But what if the heart is evidence that it is the right thing? Like what if, and what if there is no right and wrong? Like what if that heart literally is, if we can just use that to propel us forward instead of holding us back? Mm-hmm. No, totally. I love that. Uh, too many people, like, 
they think they have a solution, which is great, and they should do it and see what happens. But they fail to realize like every problem cre- creates a solution, and every solution creates a problem. So the goal is to solve for all of them, all the way down the line, way ahead if you can. But since you generally can't, you need to be aware, like you're saying, that when you create something, there's going to be a problem to the solution that you didn't foresee mm-hmm. and expect it and be ready to tackle it when it comes. Be ready to be, know that you can. So it's not just knowing you can do the task. It's knowing that you can in life, really, yeah. in general. And overcome the hurdles that will come. I think that's part of what you're saying yes. with the expectation. You do, you, you do want to have that expectation that you can achieve the thing that you want and also expect we always talk about opposition, don't we? Mm. We have to expect that if it's something that's worthwhile, you're going to feel that opposition. It's yeah. going to feel the opposing. There's going to be moments of yeah. suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. It's true. I mean, we talk about perfectionism and we talk about procrastination, killing things, but you'll never find a more productive person than a procrastinator with an impending deadline. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so, so procrastination wasn't, wasn't the problem. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that just, it was your timing of when you could finally wrap your head around when you're going to do it. It had to become urgent for you to do it. Mm-hmm. Like we the procrastination creates the urgency. So you can mm-hmm. use that. Um, it, proliferation overcomes both procrastination and, you know, perfectionism. There, I think there is a, a, I don't know if this is lore or if it was an actual study, but supposedly there's this classroom where they, they're using clay and they're making pots and they say, make the perfect pot. And they spend like the whole semester or whatever making the perfect pot. The other class said, they said, make as many pots as you can in the semester. Who do you think made the better pot? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the ones who are prolific. Mm-hmm. The perfectionists end up making either nothing or something that wasn't actually that great. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you can't be a perfectionist. They're saying, remember that proliferation is part of the process of creating something more perfect. You know? Mm. <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. This is where you just Your have to almost like pause yeah. and then just like soak it in. Let me let me ask you about something else related to this. Um, I, another thing that I... A, a note that I jotted down from an, another episode that you did on your podcast is you said that instead of what you want, instead of identifying what you want, you have to think about who do you want to be. Yes. And then you said, imagine your own success story. Walk us through what that might look like. And I'd also love for you to share with us what you have at one point or now imagined your success story to look like. Okay. I love that you brought this up because one of the top questions I get is, is always like, what do I do? And we talked about how to know, identify what you want to do, but that was based on goals. These people, they have no idea necessarily, you know, what, what to do next. And I, they could be the longest conversation. I mean, this is like, like soul kind of things. Big time. But I ended up summarizing it like this and it's become like just a short statement that's really powerful for, for people in making, making change. I, I just say, <laughs> decide who you want to be and you'll know what to do. That is it. That is the answer. Mm-hmm. Because once you know who you want to be, well, then you know what comes along with it. Or you can learn. Because everything is really, anything you want to do is a learnable skill. Mm-hmm. Nobody who's an expert began without, you know, no one who's an expert now you know, just became an expert. They had to start with an experiment. right? So there's a lot of ways to do it. So when I say, Focus on who you want to become, not what you want to do. This helps you immediately align your actual values mm. with your activities. So if you look, I'm going to just guess. This is not legitimately scientific. I'm going to guess that 99.99% of people have some amazing value, but their activities are not aligned with that value. Yep. And they think it is. Yeah. Can I give you one quick example? Yes, I'm thinking of like a hundred examples from my own life. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty. So, so I want right? to hear. I want to hear. I mean, absolutely. Me, me too. Like yeah, I'm, let's hear. I'm learning. This is how it happens. But right. This guy comes to me for coaching, makes two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and he's busy. Wants to be with his family. He calls me up. Figures out. Wants to know how to how to do it. And I say, Cool. What's your plan? And he goes, Well, I'm going to start a gym. This is his plan. And I go, oh, That's cool. Uh, you know, how long will it take to uh, break even? Well, I'll have to do it for two years and then do another one, and then in five years it'll break even, and then I can be profitable. And I'm like, okay, cool. And, and what's your dream? And he goes, well, I want to live in Italy for a month with my family. That's his, that's his dream. Great dream, okay? Sounds good. Cool, man. 
Who's going to open and close the doors in your gym? I am. And then he said, he self-prescribed this. He said, he said, I'm a micromanager. And I go, hmm. Okay. And then I said, I'm like suspending like, like advice, right? And I go, well, how old are your kids? Like your goal is to spend more time with them, right? And he's like, yeah, 13 and 15. And I go, oh, 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 wait, hold on. I don't need to be rude here, but... Of course, I was nicer. I'm summarizing. I'm like, so you're telling me that in five years when they're out of the house, Mm. you'll finally be able to go to Italy for a month? And he's like, oh. I'm like, dude, (laughs) your activities aren't aligned with your values. I'm not saying you can't own a gym. I'm not saying if you want to quit your job, you can't quit your job. I'm just saying you have to operate differently. How you make your money is more important than how much you make Mm -hmm. because that decides your lifestyle, how your money is made. That's it. Yep. Powerful. (laughs) Take that one story and swallow that for a minute. And if you have any feelings as you listen to that of like, oh crap, I'm doing it wrong. Another thing you said, Richie, is don't be depressed. Just realign. Mm -hmm. Realign. Take this opportunity to just reassess, recalibrate, realign. Look at how you're doing things. And, you know, as you were saying that at the beginning, and I was thinking of all of my own, you know, um, I won't say mistakes over the years, but learning experiences. Misalignments. <laughs> Misalignments. Yeah. Yes. Yes. By definition, for sure. When I've had periods of time where it was really all about, I'm touching my notebook right now, all about the list in front of me, my list, nobody else's list. I'm an entrepreneur. I set my own pace. I set my goals. I set my tasks. And it's the things I was putting on myself that I felt were expected of me, mostly from myself or maybe customers or maybe society or maybe whatever. And I was, I felt misaligned in like what I actually, actually wanted, which is why I so appreciate the work that you do. It helps people on a regular basis check in with themselves and go, okay, but this is great. I'm accomplishing a lot. I'm a taskmaster. Great. Check in the boxes. But really, is that actually great? Because (laughs) where's the part where I'm living this life that I truly want? And it doesn't have to be a month in Italy with your family, by the way. Right. Think big, dream big, go there. What does that look like? Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, no, it's, it's totally true. Like, if you're feeling down, again, we're not talking, if I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or any of those kinds of things, right? There's clinical depression, there's many grades of depression. We all experience all kinds of things. So, that's a very serious thing. But when we talk about like aligning, like, yeah, aligning where you can with, with what you have, what you want, with where you're at and where you're going, and getting whatever you need for your brain. This is a real physical part of your body. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Meet with the doctors. That would be part of the alignment, of course, right? right? And then in addition to that, aligning like what you're doing with where you want to be, but also this is the problem. Outside of depression and what that might look like for someone, outside of that, the problem is people misalign and think they're aligned. Always. Hmm. always why would someone do something knowing that it will never get them the result that they want why would they do that why i'm on the edge of my seat tell me because why? they think why do we they, do that because they think it's aligned so we are misunderstanding what alignment is. Well, I think there's probably some cultural in there too, like depending on how you were raised or where you come from or any kind of group that you consider yourself to be a part of. There's always a little bit of this Let's, like cultural right so, way to do yeah, things well, that we have to break through. Let me say this in like a big picture and then we can get like really granular if we want to, but cool. I interviewed over 300 people, most of them approaching retirement or in retirement. Okay. This, is, this isn't like a mean thing. It's just, it, it is what it is. And I would ask them if they felt they were successful or not and what they were trying to do. And this is what I found. People who felt like they weren't successful said they waited for a time when they have more, more time, more education, more experience, more money to do what they wanted to do, only to find out that when they finally got there, after 40 years of being told by the company that they would finally get to stock after a stock and wheel, all that tax growth, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. investments, mm-hmm. And they can finally take it out and get taxed like crazy later, whatever that looks like. <laughs> they thought, this is it. Nope. I'm, I'm possibly sick. I don't have the money I thought. The market changed. My spouse passed away. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, I'm dead in two years. Misalignment of activities. Whereas they could have said, in retirement, what would I have liked to, to have done or do in the future? 
do that now and find a way to have your work support that as opposed to work towards that. Mm. So here's a question then, because something that you say that helps us with that is to detach yourself from those things that you, that don't align with what you want. How does one detach without knowing their specific situation, of course, because everyone's all over the place with, you know, with their life circumstances, but what advice would you share to help someone detach from the things that they, that they, we, I keep doing thinking that it's aligned. Well, let's, say, let's say it this way. For a couple different types of, of people and circumstances, the successful people, they basically said, I started where I was with what I had then. Mm-hmm. So they didn't over-prepare. Most of misalignment is, is tied to over-preparedness. Hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so they just did it. And then you know what? It failed. So what? At least you didn't wait 40 years to find out it was going to fail. That's a big fall. Amen. It's way better to find out now and then incrementally change and get better or do the dream. Like, I've lived dreams that I wanted to live so many times. When I say that, it sounds like weird and rude or I don't know what it sounds like, but it just sounds weird to me even saying it out loud. But I have only realized that actually wasn't that great. Hmm. And then I'm like, glad I got that one done already and didn't wait 40 years to do it. Sure. These are things anyone would think about unless they tried. Mm-hmm. ever how how's that even a thought unless you've tried to do it you know mm-hmm. which then allowed me the time to work on something else so every time something fails it's, it allows you more time to do something else or to pivot mm, i agree we were um as a family we were in hawaii one time many years ago and my husband who at the time would have been probably i don't know young 30s and he's like okay this is i'm gonna learn to surf yeah i've always wanted to learn to surf i didn't have that opportunity as a kid um, here I am, let's go. Like I'm going to invest some time, some money, and I'm going to figure out how to surf. He surfed and he's like, and I did it and I'm not going to do it again. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the reason I share that is because that allowed him to then explore other things that, you know, as yeah. far as physical activity and, you know, sport totally. and, and that is, that's part exactly. of what led him to fall in love with skiing, oh which gosh. is his there passion. That's perfect. Right. But he got it out of the way. He that's tried right. it. It wasn't a failure. In exactly. fact, it was the opposite. It helped no, him to understand so that surfing is not his yeah. cup of tea. Sure. And the exact, so on the positive side, when you do do something that you liked, it's not just check markets out the door. It's you're becoming who you wanted to become because you're doing activities mm-hmm. to help you. You because know, you decided I'm going to mm-hmm. do things that help me become who I want to become. And the fast way to become who I want to become is to become it. Right. This is the only way. Yes. That's too simple. So and then, right, <laughs> and then and then when it works, you feel good and you can double down. So you know, like the Pareto principle, the eighty twenty rule. Mm-hmm. So I literally do this with a lot of my clients. It's a newer thing I do, but it's extremely simple. I'll tell them to take a piece of paper you know, vertically, fold it in half, and on one side write down everything that they're doing in life. I'm talking everything from changing diapers okay. to going to work to doing a podcast to taking out the trash. Then I say, look, on one half sheet of paper, you have your entire life staring you back in the face. Like I know your life feels in your head like all your values and all the cool things you want to do in the future. That's fine. But in reality, your day-to-day shows up as that half sheet of paper. Mm. Do you like and want to do the things you're doing on this half sheet of paper? Because over time, that's your entire life. Right. And they go, mm, no. And I go, okay, cool. Circle the top four or five or whatever it is that you only like and want to do. The problem with people focusing on their strengths, a lot of people don't like their strengths. Mm. They're, they're, they, they get, they're sick and tired of it. They're over it. I've been coding my whole life. When do I get to stop coding? Mm. Right. But you're a great coder. All right, Cody, keep mm-hmm. coding. <laughs> and they actually lose their life because of their strengths. Other people focus on their weaknesses and wonder, like, how is this happening? Mm-hmm. But people who do what they like and want to do and figure out whether they're, whether they're weak in it or strong in it and become leaders, not achievers, those people go to the next level almost instantaneously. So how do you do that? You circle what you like and want to do. And I saw your face. You're like, what? Well, I'm <laughs> mind just, blown. Oh, I'm really. So that you can see how easy this activity is. Okay. Yeah. So, so then, so then we'll have to create something, right? Uh, all right, yeah. all right, all right. Uh, yeah. So, th- so then, then I say all the other things you don't want to do those, right? You're good at them though, right? Yeah. You don't want to do them, right? Yeah. Well, eliminate the ones that you can eliminate. That's so hard. Just do it. Whatever you can find. Because everyone you cross off gives you more free time. Mm-hmm. Then cross off. Uh, I mean, no, put a little D for, um, Delegate to the ones that someone else should be doing. Yep. So like if your spouse should be taking out the trash or your kids, have them do it. Why not? 
and people go, oh, am I just giving my, this is a funny, like my baggage to them. I guess I'm talking about trash, right. but, but it, in reality, there are some people let's move outside of trash to like building a website. I don't like building websites. I don't know how. So if I do it, I'm going to hate myself, right? Yep. For temporarily. Yep. So why don't I have someone else do it? And that comes with more questions. I, I get it. But if I'm able to delegate things in a way to someone else who should already be doing it and they like it, it's actually happy for them. And then outsourcing. And let me, let me just say one more thing specifically. So if you have someone on your team already that you could delegate to, you right. don't have to pay someone more. And I'm not saying put more things on their plate because I'm also saying remove things from them that they don't want to do to someone who does. Mm-hmm. So there's a way to do this. Then you outsource and pay people where you can to get things done. Now, theoretically, if you eliminate a delegated and outsource, I call it um, EDU, EDO. If you EDU'd everything out, you would only be doing what you like and want to do. So if you take those things you like and want to do on the left-hand side and put it on the right-hand side, guess what just happened? What happened? Your life is balanced. Hmm. Because it was unbalanced on, to the negative way. Mm-hmm. Now you've balanced it completely. What you like and want to do is what you do which gives you the opportunity to positively imbalance your life by doubling down on the 20% of things that you like and want to do to give you that 80% of the result of those good things, which frees you up to do either more of the same good things you like or pursue new opportunities and have more time. This is, I know. It's a lot. Did you ever think of your strengths being the thing that can make you lose your life? Yeah. Crazy, right? No, I... I've just never framed it that way. And I'm still processing and I'll process for the rest of the day before I really formulate my opinion yeah. about it. But that's, that's really profound because we all do have strengths. I think most of us are aware of at least a couple that we're like, yeah, that's my, people that's come my to strength. me for that. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. That's, it, that's a deep one. It's, it's very deep. And especially when you're coming at it, like from, from, from a level of I'm so good at my strength and I love my strength. Sure. That's different. If you love your strength, you love your strength. That Great. wouldn't be ruining your life. Mm-hmm. Great. But I call this process that I just tell you, there's a m- more to it. I call it time tipping. This is, this is the opposite of time. It's anti-time management. And I actually got just signed. This is, maybe I'm even announcing it here, but I got signed a book deal with Hachette, which is wow. one of the top five publishers in the world to write this book. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so thanks, thanks. I'm super, I was super excited, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, um, <laughs> this is a big thing that you wanted. Uh, well, this, this is part of your vision. This is all I've ever wanted. Yeah. So this is it. Oh, I'm my doing gosh. it. Like, I love it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your professional really cool. life. In your professional life. Yeah. yeah. And it's about the things that I love. So mm-hmm. these are the things that, you know, I'm freeing my time up to do. Time tipping. Mm-hmm. Imbalancing your life in a positive direction. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like. Anti-time management, prior time management versus attention prioritization. If you want to live like your best life, you prioritize your attention. You don't manage your time. Mm-hmm. Time can't be managed. Can you manage time? Time keeps going. Mm-hmm. You can't manage time. Okay, 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 okay. But um, but but so so like with this with this whole process. By the way, I'm not just making this up and saying I've done it. I've done this with so many people, so many people. One-on-one coaching. Um, group coaching, just teaching here and there, random people reading my stuff, doing it. But those who embrace it, their life changes so dramatically. Because even if you don't do it perfectly, imagine just having one thing that you really don't like off your plate. Mm-hmm. The bandwidth. You know that it takes to think about that oh, thing yeah. constantly. So when we go back to strengths, you're thinking about things you like to do because you're good at them. And a lot of times we, because we're good at them, we like them. But what if you grew up learning how to, no offense to anyone who likes doing this, but what if you grew up learning how to dig ditches and you're really, really good at it? Mm-hmm. Like it's your strength. Like you're, you're like intensely strong and you can do it faster than anybody else. Mm-hmm. If that is your passion and you want to do it for the rest of your life, cool. Or do you want to not do that anymore? And then they go, well, I don't have any other strengths. You know, it doesn't matter. Architects don't build houses. They draw them. General contractors don't build houses. They organize subs. You can do anything you want. Just think about it. Mm. Ooh, and that is, <laughs> that is, you know, we started this saying, mm. this is going to be a free-for-all. We're ending it saying, think about it, guys. Think, yeah. Get curious about it. Get curious about I it. I think the thing that's sticking out to me, too, is I think we all, all of us, universally, what makes us feel peace and happy is we want to feel ownership over ourselves yes. and our time. Yes. And it's the trying that leads us 
to being able to learn how to trust ourselves where we may not trust ourselves before or trust our abilities or lack of abilities or whatever. The trying leads to the trust. And then when we trust ourselves, we can finally create a life that we have ownership over. I like that. Mm-hmm. And then when you have ownership over your life, it's not that you've reached a finish line. It's that you understand there isn't one mm. and that everything is possible. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So if you know that at the end of the day, your goal is ownership of your life, you own your life now. And so stop giving it away as rent to other people. Mm. Yes. Oof. This is how you align your activities with your values. I love that. There's actually a, a name Ugh. for it. I think it was Aristotle that came with it, and they use it in psychology. It's actually called final cause, which is, there's a term for it. I call it the success after success. So when I wrote The Power of Starting Something Stupid, people would say, hey, I have a stupid idea. I want to do it. It wasn't hard to help them make it and make money. That's, it's a thing. It's a vulnerable scale. Right. Does the market want it or not? If they do, cool. If they don't, don't do it. But if they do, you make money. Happy days are here. Now, I learned real quick that's not what they wanted. They would tell me some weird, crazy idea because they wanted free time with their family to travel the world. So then I, so I, I stopped saying, what do you want to do? I, I actually, I didn't. They still tell me what they want to do, but then I'll say, and then what happens? What does your life look like? Mm. Well, I get to travel on the world. So I go, okay, why don't you start traveling around the world with your family right now? I know this sounds like crazy, but it's possible, right? And build the business around your lifestyle to support it as opposed to spending 10 years building towards it. Mm. Because the fallacy of the activities and values and strengths we were talking about and all that is that after 10 years, you'll be able to leave it and do something else. Because in reality, if you think about it logically, you cemented systems that never let you go. Oh, yeah. totally. So oh, why yeah. not create systems or even cement systems that allow you to be free? So you can still do the same things. But in a different way. It's how you get paid, mm. not how much. And you guys, what you may not know yet, and you're about to understand as you follow Richie and his work, is that he doesn't just teach this. This is literally your life. Yeah. This is what you do. This is what you've been doing. Yeah. You're not just saying, here's some good ideas to consider, guys. Yeah. Your your work literally works around yeah. the life that you intentionally created it with does. Natalie. It does. Let's be honest, like it's it's very intentional but it happened unintentionally hmm. i didn't want all these terrible things to happen to me i didn't want to be forced to think this way it just happened and so now here i am and i try to see what i could do with it and i've researched it and i've practiced it and i've learned and i've shared and then i'm like oh this is working anybody else want to try yeah like, yeah. yeah this tastes good let's keep going yeah. I go yeah right out just tell the world like you know what i mean well and it's not even <laughs> like it's been this yeah I'm, I'm glad that you touched on that because it's not like you had the plan from the beginning no. and then you had this forward motion how many times do you feel like you've pivoted over no. the last two decades right Millions. right Why not? right yeah and, and that's okay as a side note like too many of us want to defend a bad idea and the worst thing you can do is when you finally learn something new and you know what you were doing was not necessarily in your best interest, mm-hmm. the worst thing you can do is to double down mm. just to prove everybody wrong. Mm. Are you kidding me? You know there's a better way. You don't do it. We're also stubborn. <laughs> what do we always say? Like you can, We tell our kids, so you, can, you can be right or you can be happy, but you usually can't be both. <laughs> right. Oh, I hope you guys are taking stock of all the yes. things that you're feeling impressed to think about that Richie's C- Continuous on. learning yes. is a value, but continuous yes. applying is not an activity most people do. So mm. you pair those two together, applying continuous learning, mm. Mm. you can do anything. Dang. We can. That's <laughs> I hope you all feel I'm that. so empowering. Whatever box, we all have boxes and things we've tethered our worth or our yes. life to, like Literally, none like that box doesn't even exist. Like we make it up in our heads. There is no box. Mm. Mm. There is no box. You can do anything you want to. Those aren't yeah. just like trite words to like mm-hmm. stitch on a pillow. Like, dudes, that is you for real. For real. And you attach the meaning that you choose to all of it. Totally. Mm. Richie, where do people find you? How do they connect with you? Oh, that's Read nice your books, you. follow you just, on Instagram. It's real, just real easy. Just type in uh, "stupid Richie" in Google, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm everywhere. <laughs> stupid Richie, I love it. But richie and uh, I have a, fr- a freebie. It's uh, richienorton.com slash 76 day challenge. Mm-hmm. That's the URL. My son lived for 76 days, mm-hmm. so this challenge mm-hmm. challenge helps walk people day by day by the hand to kind of like think through these things we talked about, and then 
you know, I say turn your stupid idea into your smart reality. Love it. So, you know, all the places on social and the podcast and all that stuff. But if I can help, happy to. Oh, we awesome. are helped. You guys are amazing. You guys are We're so good. Helpful. I love you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> you're awesome. amazing. We're better because of Richie in our life for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much, you're Richie. You're welcome. Oh, my honor. And friends, thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Peace. control over there Richie would you hey 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 oh. I'm gonna be in Hawaii tomorrow and I feel really good about it oh, I can't tomorrow's oh, Friday huh uh, his mic is backwards yeah I was gonna I was gonna say something's not right over there just flip the just whole thing around thing. and I have strict instructions hey what's up Ooh. yo keep going hey 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 is there a chance we're gonna laugh more on this episode than the typical <laughs> average episode oh yes gosh. they should laugh Oh my <laughs> I'm gonna have to control you your guys are so volume. Funny. You ever go this into the red on your own? You're one of All my favorites. <laughs> you're you're one of my favorites. Mm. Oh, thank you. Make him blush back. You guys are my. I favorite. know you guys like have a relationship. <laughs> Richie doesn't really know what you don't know the depths of the crazy that I am yet, Richie. It's okay. You're, when you do, you'll be like, I can't believe Higgins paired up with What's her. What's going that on? Feels so weird. <laughs> oh, you'll you be like, that's awesome. magic right there. You guys are so funny. Um, we have a lot of fun. Yeah.